The Manawak Caves is intended for mature audiences. It contains strong language and depictions of bullying, violence, and sexual assault that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Also, this is an extremely immersive experience, and headphones are recommended. You're listening to The Manawak Caves, a production of iHeartRadio, Blumhouse Television, and Psychopia Pictures. since I left home 14 years ago. 
Like my mother used to say, sometimes the only way to get to the other side of the mountain is to go through it. So I guess I'll start there. It was May. May 18th, 2007. The Hadley brothers, two 17-year-old twins from a prominent and wealthy family in Manawak County went missing. It was the night before high school graduation. They were found 10 days later. The bodies were retrieved from inside the mouth of a cave, along with their cell phones, which contained haunting audio and grainy images. Clues to what had happened. I said clues. Clues. Fuck. Sounds so stupid. Let's go fucking do clues. Come on, Julian. Okay. Starting over, all right. So, um, okay. Uh, based on their cell, based on their cell phone records, witness testimonies, and the coroner's report, it was likely just after midnight, the time of death. Another boy went missing that day too. James Fincher. We called him Finch. Finch came from a, um, a multiracial family. His mother was black, his father part Latino and part Cherokee. At the time of the Hadley killings, Finch was only 18 years old. Today he's 32 and he's on death row awaiting execution for the murder of the Hadley boys. A double homicide in the first degree. But Finch didn't do it. Okay, uh, August 1st, 2021. Just left New York. I'm driving back to Manawak County today. I don't want to go back. I don't want to do any of this. Hell, I didn't even go back for my own father's funeral. And you know what? I was okay with that. Because the part of me that was born and raised in Manawalk County died there too. Far as I was concerned. Thought I'd put Manawalk behind me for good. But I got a call about a week ago. Usually don't pick up, but it was an 865 area code. Someone from home. Hello? Julian? Julian Salas? Yeah? It's Dana. Dana Fincher. Dana. Hey. How's, uh, how, how, how are you? It's been a long time. Fourteen years. Uh, yeah. I'm calling to let you know about James. Yeah. He, uh, has... Has he, uh... I mean, is, is he... A new date has been set for the execution. Thought you might want to know. We're almost out of time now, so it ain't looking great, I'll be honest. Look, I know it's been a long time, Julian, and you've moved on from all this, but we haven't. Okay, I mean, um... We can't. I didn't want to call you, but I got no choice here. I need your help. Okay, with what? the appeal. I need you to make a statement. I need you to tell the truth about what happened.
I can only imagine how fucked up it would be to witness an execution. No thanks. I'm not interested in watching James Fincher die. But I would come back even if Dina Fincher hadn't called. Because I have no choice. I started waking up from bad dreams drenched in sweat. And these nightmares are happening more frequently. I'm, uh, I'm hearing things too. Voices. They were quiet at first. They were like, like whispers in the static. But they're getting louder. And I'm getting, I don't know, flashes. Like a fever dream. Images looping through my brain between my waking hours. Reliving shit from my childhood. Shit from my past that I'd either forgotten or buried. From there, it wasn't long before the nightmares began warming their way into my waking moments. The leaky faucet in my kitchen started dripping so loud it drowned out the rest of the world. Like the droplets were sliding off stalactites and splashing into cave pools below. And then there was the sleepwalking. First time it happened, I woke up in the middle of the night to find myself packing a suitcase. The next night I came to, I was butt-ass naked in the kitchen, car keys clutched in my hand. Time after that, I was in the driver's seat of my car, jabbing the key repeatedly into the dashboard, just shy of the ignition. Then a couple nights ago, I actually got the car halfway down the block before I realized what was happening. So you see, it got to the point where I figured I was coming back to Manawak County whether I wanted to or not. It seemed a hell of a lot safer to be conscious for the ride. It's another reason I'm documenting this trip. After each blackout, I lose hours of memory. I've known Tyler since I was little. We grew up together. He was one of those guys the teachers wrote off as a burnout, but who in reality just never bought in. I looked him up. He's a repairman now. Lives in the woods on the outskirts of Manawa County outside of Pottsville. Hey, Ty. Um, it's, uh, it's Julian. Fucking solace, huh? It's me. Well, to what do I owe the pleasure? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh... I was hoping this would be your number. Well, you got it right. That it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, when you get in here? What? How, how do you know I, I was... I you might be coming back soon. Circumstances being what they are. Tyler. I was, um, I was, I was hoping, uh, uh -huh. I, I was hoping. Oh, you was hoping? Come on. <sighs> Say what you need. Don't be shy now, motherfucker. I need to go back to the hole.
Unless that's too much. I just don't know if I'll be able to find my way back. It's been so long, Tyler. Tyler, you there? Okay. You sure? Yeah. No, it's cool. Let's do it. August 2nd. The air smells like rust and decaying leaves and asphalt after the rain. It stirs old thoughts and feelings. Feels haunted. There's something daunting about the roads into the Great Smokies, a sub-range of Appalachia hidden in the corner of Tennessee and North Carolina. You got roadside warnings that say, dense fog likely. These mountains are ancient and mysterious. Oldest mountain range on earth. They crouch low, like they're huddled against you, secretive, covered in old growth forests. Everything is shadow and mist. And the fog gets denser the closer I come. It was only after I crossed the county line that the fog lifted. Like Manawalk itself had pulled back the curtain for another show. Pottsville is the town I grew up in. It's nestled in the heart of the county. And it hasn't changed one bit since I left. Still small and poor. Most folks still find work at the paper mill a few towns over, or if they're good at bullshitting, they might get a job at Hadley Chevrolet. If you were lucky, that's where you worked. My father did. He ran the mechanic shop at the dealership. Anyway, people here are poor. Most of them. Double wides and dogs running loose. The rusted husks of cars on cinder blocks. The main drag is lined with abandoned and decaying two-story mid-century brick buildings, weird antique and second-hand shops, a hardware store, started with American flags, and of course, the Lord, the First Baptist Church, my a fundamental stronghold in the center circle. I shall not want. Oh man, this is Reverend Perkins from First Baptist in Manwalk. me to lie down. In green pasture. Man likes the sound of his own voice so much he records every damn one of his own sermons and posts them on the church website. Thomas and Deacon's friends and family grapple with their deaths. This recording is from the archives. Hadley Brothers Memorial Service. You long for answers. Because this feels senseless. Why were these two innocent souls taken from us? These two... Who shone so brightly and showed such great promise? Why, oh Lord, were they so cruelly taken? We ask. Innocent souls. Hardly. Tom and Deacon Hadley were the sons of Bobby and Mona Hadley, who owned the Hadley Chevrolet dealership, one of the most profitable car lots in the state. They were a wealthy and powerful family in the community. In many ways, their money and political ties made this town theirs, like they owned it. A new county ordinance, a new construction permit. It was impossible to get anything done in Manawa County without the consent of Bobby Hadley. And the power bloated them, made them cruel. The Hadley twins didn't fall far from the tree in that sense. We coexisted, them and me, sharing the same habitat uneasily. 
They skulked around Manawak County like predators. They were not identical. Now, Deacon was the smaller of the two. He was the quiet one. He wore this silver cross around his neck like a flashy reminder of the inequities of life, like he was protected by a righteous order. A constant reminder that some people can be as sadistic as they please with no consequences. Thomas was the standout. He was taller and more lean. His red hair seemed almost unreal, like it was woven into his scalp. I remember Thomas strutting through the corridors of Carter High, always with the same look plastered on his face, the corners of his lips twisted in a permanent grin, and sharp green eyes that seemed to be staring out from behind a mask. And then there was his laugh. You could hear it echo across the high school quad like a fucking hyena, almost always triggered by some act of casual cruelty. Deacon Hadley was different. This one never smiled, never laughed, hardly spoke, eyes like scalpels. His cruelty seemed almost scientific. After their bodies were found, the autopsies indicated that the Hadley brothers had been attacked, bludgeoned and stabbed that much is certain. The investigation would dig up town secrets as old and dark as the caves themselves. It would also change the lives of everyone involved, including me. After all, I'm the one who found the bodies. Well, Tyler and me. Damn. We should have been there by now. Tyler met me as soon as I crossed the county line and took me on a little hike down memory lane. Literally. I remember being closer. To the south entrance of the Manawalk Caves. Yeah, I thought it was. Or as we used to call it, the hole. <coughs> pass it? No. no. <sighs> to get to the caves, we had to hop a barbed wire fence trespass across private property, and hike off trail for at least a mile through thick underbrush. We'll find it. Where are you staying? The motel off Highway 42. <laughs> God, I can't believe that place is still standing up. She's a beaut. <laughs> right, well, listen, you get tired of breathing mildew through your pillowcase. <laughs> Hit me up. I'll clear out the back room. Oh man, look at that. Coming out early tonight. Must be hungry. Yeah, well. The caves were forbidden long before we started hanging out there. Ever since the teenage boy was found dead inside back in 98. Suicide. Nobody went near it after that. Except us. This should be it. Up here around this bend. Um, I just need to report, um... Go ahead, sir. I'm listening. We... We found bodies? Out here, um... Did you say bodies? Yes, ma'am. Um, yes, ma'am. They... They've been dead a while. Thomas, uh, it's, uh... Dick and Adley, I think. I think it's him. 
and his brother Thomas. It's uh, he's I'm got sorry? it's got red hair. So uh, I'm okay. Well, can you give me the address, sir? Uh, I don't know address. Well, uh, we're down by the caves. Okay, I I'm gonna have you stay on the line with me until I can get somebody out there. Yes. Uh, they. Oh God, they they look. They look like they were mauled. Okay, mauled? Like by an animal? Or, or stabbed or something. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And you're sure they're not breathing? Yes, ma'am. There. There it is. Holy shit. The air was cool and damp and smelled of earth and minerals and eons of decay. The jutting moss-covered granite rocks along the southwest entrance of the cavern are not unlike reptilian teeth. And it's easy to imagine a colony of hungry bats are swirling out of the throat of some prehistoric monster. As I stood there, my skin tingled, and I felt a pull, a weight, like a vertigo, that spread outward from my gut, like that feeling you get standing on the edge of a cliff, like I was looking down, into the earth, into an abyss, the caves beckoning me. I have trouble remembering that time in our lives, but I remember that day we found him. You remember the first thought you had? The first thing that came to mind. I remember the light from the morning sun. Yeah. It was just barely creeping into the cave and it um it popped off Thomas's red hair. That's what caught my eye. Then I saw his skin. It stood out against the stones cold blue and the blood dried all black but my brain wouldn't um, accept you know what I was seeing like it was scrambling to make up some other explanation of I don't know shaved dog some shit no buy no deer <laughs> hell I don't I don't know anything was more acceptable than um, dead kid Notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. 
and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene! Run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Miss Campbell, it's Julian. Julian Salas, I don't know if you remember me. Well, of course I remember. How are you? Um, I'm, I'm okay. Look, I just got back into town. You're in Pottsville? Yes. God, it's been, um... 14 years. I heard you, uh, switched teams a while back. You're not a deputy anymore. Nope. Mitigation specialist. This is about James Fincher, right? Can you make time to see me today? Just like Shit. Um, I'm I'm sorry. Can you uh, can you just can you start over? Cause I um, I'm still figuring out this damn recorder here. What do you need to record this for? I'm just I'm gathering information. Like for a book or something. Uh, yeah, I hope so. You know, we'll see. Look, it could help, you know, it raise awareness for Finch's, for James's case, bring some public attention, some outside influence. 
<clears throat> Can you state your name and profession? Jill Campbell. I'm a mitigation specialist here in the state of Tennessee. And what does that entail? So I scrub evidence, the trial proceedings, prosecution, defense... Also, to look at someone's background and other circumstances that can reduce a death sentence to life in prison. Did you build a case for Finch? I mean, can you prove that he didn't kill the Halley brothers? I work with James Fincher's defense attorney. But there's only so many appeals you can file in a capital case. You have to be strategic in your timing. There was no, fi- sorry, but there was no physical evidence tying James or anyone else to the murder of Deacon and Thomas Hadley, correct? That's right. James's so, conviction and sentencing was based entirely on circumstantial evidence and, as you know, false testimony. And you were a deputy sheriff in Manawal County back in the day. That's right, 2001 to 2003. Promoted a few times, lieutenant in 2007 at the time of the Hadley murders. I made captain in 2008, criminal investigation. Why'd you quit? I got into law enforcement because I wanted to do some good. But 90% of what we were doing had nothing to do with justice. Criminal investigation isn't really about catching the bad guy. At least not in Manawak County. No? No. Especially homicide. The department is incentivized to find any evidence they can to support an eventual prosecution. Whether you have the right guy or not doesn't matter. The primary goal is to make damn sure the prosecution will get their conviction. So when the jury returned a death verdict for James Fincher, I was upset about it. I knew it wasn't right. I was anguished for my part in it. I thought I could make a difference from within. (laughs) That was naive. So I got into defense. This is why you came home, isn't it? James Fincher's execution's coming up, and you're... Anguish, too. Ain't you? Excuse me. Hey, man, can I get a refill, please? There was obvious discrimination in the trial from the get-go. James Fincher was a multiracial man in Manawak County. He was different. He stood out. I want to get Sheriff Hooper's interrogation of James Fincher. (laughs) Good luck with that. What do you mean? James Fincher doesn't say a thing on those tapes. What the hell are you doing here, Julian? I want to help. Look, I've worked hard to get the courts to recognize that James Fincher does not deserve death. I've compiled a comprehensive and well-documented psychosocial history of James based on an exhaustive investigation. I've built a case on all the factors, his early life trauma, the impact on his development, including effects on personality and behavior, not to mention the bullying and what happened to his sister, Dina. So basically you're saying he did it, but he couldn't help it? Have you given up on his innocence? I'm not, no. But the people have, the courts have. So right now, until the real killer turns up, this is our best strategy. Okay, but, that but the make courts it fair. are not hearing it. I'm sure you remember. The state Supreme Court denied his appeal after the sentencing phase of the trial. But we may still be able to get the sentence commuted on other grounds. Commuted? To what? Life. But an innocent man would still be locked up for life. Life is better than death last time I checked. Guess that depends on the circumstances. 
Dina Fincher seems to think that we can still petition a higher court to intervene. On the grounds that the key witness's testimony was coerced? Yes. I appreciate Dina's efforts, and yours, Julian, but you're clinging to threads. And I understand you want to do the right thing, but that's not going to be enough for the higher court to make the shitbirds of Manawak County review James Fincher's case again. You need to understand how this works and how it doesn't. The system did not merely permit the miscarriage of justice that got Fincher convicted. The for a crime he did not the commit. The system encouraged it. James Fincher has been convicted and he's been sentenced. So at this point, in the eyes of the court, he is guilty. Guilty until proven innocent. Look, the only surefire way to stop Fincher's execution is to prove he didn't do it. And the only way to do that is to prove, prove who, who did. did. That what you're here to do? If that's what it takes. Yes, ma'am. Look, I could probably make a call and see if I can't get a hold of those interrogation tapes for you. I've still got friends in the department over at Hooper Station. Okay. I'm not sure it'll do any good, though. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jill. Detective Solomon Smith. What? He was on the case. You probably remember him. Detective Solomon Smith? Yeah. He believed James was innocent and had some leads on some other suspects. But he disappeared. What do you mean he disappeared? Well, I don't know what happened to him. But if you want to find out who was behind this, you should find out what Smith knew. Follow his tracks. He may be on those interrogation tapes. And he kept an audio log during the investigation. I'll see what I can dig up. This is Sheriff Kirby Hooper interviewing James Fincher. Case 947-352, June 5th, 2007, 10-10 a.m. Morning, James. How you feeling today? Jill Campbell was true to her word. One call from her and the archives department handed the investigation tapes over. Don't feel like talking today, huh? I'm gonna need you to answer a few questions about what happened the other day. You think you can do that for me? Listening to these tapes and hearing Sheriff Kirby Hooper's voice again was unsettling. He was, uh, an earnest man, humorless. In fact, he always seemed perplexed by the laughter of others. Sharp eyes and a tall figure, he always wore the same dull brown uniform like he was born in it. And he would probably be buried in it too. His shoulders were permanently stooped, like it was some Sisyphean curse to maintain order in his small corner of the universe. He needed to determine the Hadley brothers' cause of death. He needed autopsies. But the medical report was confusing, to say the least. The neck shows sharp force injuries. The front of the chest and the abdomen likewise show injuries. With transection of the left internal jugular vein, 
primary and perhaps fatal wound begins on the left side of the groin and reaches across the testicles. It is gaping, measures three inches in length with clean edges. With a case like this, there's not really anyone with the right sort of training or experience to decipher the clues. Sure as hell not Sheriff Hooper. So we quickly named James Fincher the prime suspect in the case. You gotta be scared, right? Tired of strangers poking and prodding at you. I can make all that stop, James. I can make them go away. But you're gonna have to talk to me if you want that to happen. You're gonna have to tell me what you were doing in those caves with those boys. I played this first audio file in the car and had to pull over. All right. Something about it felt no eerily familiar. It wasn't just the sound of Sheriff Hooper's interrogation, though that dredged up some old feelings for sure. It was the sort of static hiss of the state-owned recording device. It was agitating. It made something in my brain itch, something panic. to Manawalk after I started waking up from bad dreams drenched in sweat and then one morning when I caught myself in the mirror and didn't recognize what I saw like my hands didn't belong to my arms my eyes were not mine either like something else was staring back at me from behind the glass that's how it happens see just happens little by little like when the song you were singing in the shower is playing on the radio when you start your car an hour later or when you always notice the clock it's exactly 3.33 or maybe you will suddenly think of an old friend the day before finding out on Facebook that they recently died yeah these are the signs this is how you will know it's coming Moving across the void closer and closer like the den of a thousand hungry bats screeching in the gloom and the dusk. Remember this. It always starts with the noise. The white noise. White noise from the sound of the shower. Or the incessant summer locusts. Or the box fan you keep in your room. You will know the sound when you hear it. I hear it in James Venture's interrogation tape. For 14 years, I avoided Pottsville and those goddamn caves. Like I said before, I do not want to be back in Manawalk County. I fucking hate it. I hate the cold gray stone of the town and the sharp, cruel eyes of the churchgoers at First Baptist. I hate the creeping darkness that overtakes the town every night. It took the Hadley brothers. It took many others, too. Soon it will almost certainly take James Fincher. 
and one day it may take me too. I tried to stay away, but it found me. It's been pulling me back ever since. And I know in my core that it's not going to stop until I see James Fincher set free. And in order to do that, well, I have to figure out who really killed Thomas and Deacon Hadley. If I don't, James Fincher's going to be executed in 12 days. Julian Salas, Eddie Gathegi as James Fincher, Clark Peters as Detective Solomon Smith, Nick Searcy as Sheriff Kirby Hooper, Justin Wellborn as Tyler Wilson, Jill Jane Clements as Jill Campbell, Brad Carter as Dooley Tappert, Scott Poitras as Reverend Perkins, Samantha Ashley as Dina Fincher, Justin Matthews Smith as Paul Salas, Tara Oaks as Laura Salas, Jonathan Horn as Deacon Hadley, Alden Karanovich as Thomas Hadley. Mike W. Anderson as Griff Washington. Bodie Walteroff as Jimmy Fincher. Brian McClure as Ian Speaks. Larry Clark as Bobby Hadley. Peyton Fallis as Ed LeBlanc. Vic Polizas as William Fowler. Nick Tikoski as Richard Rydell. And Aileen Moy as The Darkness. With additional performances by Clint McGowan, Dina Dill, Edward Howard, Henry Foster Brown, Jamie Joseph, Juan Monsalves, Christopher Curry, Bailey Heineman, David Mitchell, and Bernard Sitaro Clark. Created by Connell Byrne and Dan Bush. Written by Dan Bush, Zoe Cooper, and Nicholas Dukoski. Featuring our theme song, Killer Inside. Written, produced, and performed by Lyra Lynn. Our executive producers are Matt Frederick, Alexander Williams, Michael Monti, and Courtney DeFries. Our executive producers at Blumhouse Television are Jeremy Gold, Chris Dickey, and Noah Feinberg. Produced by Dan Bush. Music by Ben Lovett. Additional music by Alexander Rodriguez. Edited by Dan Bush, Chris Childs, Stephen Perez, and David Chen. Sound design by Benjamin Balcom. Additional sound design by Alexander Rodriguez. Dialogue editing and sound mixing by Juan Campos. Recorded at Studio Awesome in Los Angeles. Soundbite Studio in Atlanta, and Echo Mountain in Asheville. Casting by Sunday Bowling Kennedy and Meg Mormon. Our dialect coach is Linda Bassesti. Assistant Director, Michael Monti. Second Assistant Director, Script Supervisor, and Production Coordinator, Sarah Klein. Supervising Producer, Josh Thane. Special thanks to Mary Ellen and Jason Davis, Jonathan Dieter, and Joe Rickman. The Manawak Caves is a production of iHeartRadio, Blumhouse Television, and Psychopia Pictures. So the holes in the memory bleed and fade. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 